Right now, humankind is on a crash course with Mother Nature, and there's no Planet B. Governments and mass media seem intent on sedating our urgency to act. The Disrupting Disaster podcast series will offer education, insight, interviews, and opportunities to act, and is proudly brought to you by Lush Digital Media. Welcome along to episode six of Disrupting Disaster. I'm James Lush. Charlie Caruso, my colleague, is with us. And uh, in this episode today, we're talking about inequality. And uh, you may well remember last week, Charlie, talking about inequality as one of the deciding factors when it comes to Paris in just a few months now. And uh, we started to discuss the influences of global cooperation on climate change in the lead up to Paris um, which is, of course, COP21, that lovely term, at the end of this year. Uh, this podcast is going to focus effectively on the additional cooperation studies as highlighted by Mark Hurlston at the recent WSEN summit, which was hosted by Murdoch University. And, and Charlie, we made mention in the last episode that we'd be touching on the effects of inequality. Explain a little bit about the results of those social economic experiments and why it's important to consider with Paris just around the corner. Well, um, you know, inequality or rather inequality uh, clearly bears a significant influence over the success of our climate change negotiations. And as you said, as mentioned by uh, Mark Hurlstone, he he covered uh, some of the social experiments that simulated different factors that affect cooperation. And uh, the experiments discussed in the last episode, you know, all the players were given the same endowment. They were given 40 euro. And in many ways, this reflected the assumption that all players were equal. But you know, yeah, every country's different. Some right. Some poor. Right, and that's the reality: is that you know, equality doesn't exist in the real world, and and it does play a factor. And you know, we accept that inequalities exist in terms of you know, natural resources, population, responsibility, reliance on cheap energy resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those who have historically contributed more to emissions. Um, those that are going to have inequality in terms of the burden on them, like we mentioned last week with, you know, the the islands in, uh, you know, Polynesia, they're going to be, you know, there's an inequality in how they're impacted. Some countries are wealthier than others and have a better capacity to reduce their emissions. So several studies have, have focused in on how these equalities have impacted the success of climate change negotiations to date. And in 2011, Tavoni and colleagues examined how historical inequalities have impacted on cooperation. And they employed an augmented version of collective risk game that we discussed uh, in the previous podcast. And it concentrated on two conditions of interest, and that's equal and unequal condition. In the unequal condition, half the players were forced to contribute four euros in the first three rounds, and the other half of that same group were forced to contribute none. Mm -hmm. So this created a disparity with half the players leaving the round with either 28 euro and the other half with 40. Now the point of this manipulation is that researchers were trying to introduce a sense of historic inequalities uh, between the simulated rich and poor players. So what I've described up to now in this experiment was the passive phase in the game. They really didn't have any control in it and they had to just deal with it. Yep. But from round four onwards, that's considered the active, and that's where the researchers were able to look at how that had impacted on their behaviours. So in this active uh, phase of the game, players could then contribute voluntarily to the climate fund. And so we now have a group of players will all leave the third round with equal sums of money, and then you have the other group that don't. 
And what the results identified, uh, as we might expect, is that the inequality is definitely a handicap to cooperation. In the equal condition, half of them managed to reach the threshold. However, in the unequal group, only two out of ten wow. reach a threshold. So clearly there's a significant impact. Yeah, yeah. But in addition to the inequality manipulators, the authors of this experiment allowed some groups and not others to pledge how much they plan to invest. So they were able to talk. And therefore, they allowed some communications between the players where previously the experiments allowed none. And essentially, the authors were trying to better understand how communication might impact on resolving or influencing inequalities in cooperation attempts. And what they discovered was that cooperation improves with communication in both the unequal and equal conditions. And effectively, communication removes the handicap. Wow. Yeah. So if you allow players to communicate in an effective way, it overcomes inequality. However, that wasn't actually the most noteworthy discovery. What they found was that in the first opportunity to pledge their contributions, the wealthy players weren't willing to contribute extra. Right. But once they had seen how much they contributed and once they were able to discuss, you know, how much they're going to contribute and they had that feedback, all of the wealthy players increased their pledges and added extra or additional funds to compensate for financially handicapped players. Crucially confirms that communication regards pledges um, is, is really critical um, sort of learning from, from this experiment. It's, it is fascinating. Um, the the point I'll make is, I suppose, is how does that affect our preparation for Paris? Yeah, we can hopefully uh, expect some sort of communication to be taking place. Uh, and yet, there's an awful feeling that a lot of this communication isn't going to make a difference. Well, so, I mean, yes, everyone leading up to Paris are talking. It's not like um, they're, they're, there's no communication. Yeah. It's therefore, opening the, pl- the flood lines of communication is going yeah. to change everything. They're it's all not. getting the group email, yeah, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> but there is an, an important distinction. So climate change negotiations up until Copenhagen were forced on setting top-down targets. For example, Kyoto said all countries need to reduce their emissions by 5%. But we know now that this approach isn't really effective. And the results of Tavonian colleagues suggest that the pledge and review might be more effective mechanisms. Right. And the reason for this is top-down target setting mean that countries who can't reduce their emissions by 5% won't even be able to participate. Whereas if you ask these countries, what, what could they do? At least they get involved. Um, and they're, they're much more likely to participate. And, uh, you know, some emission reductions definitely better than none. But I think what, what we already know is happening is in Paris, the negotiations have already said that they're going to be bottom-up bottom approach. And all of the countries leading up to Paris have asked, been asked before they attend to submit their pledges in advance. And these pledges are currently undergoing review to determine whether they're enough to cross the two-degree threshold. And what's really interesting is on the 15th of June, that's just been released. And so far, the countries that have, um, or some of the countries that have submitted their pledges, the in the 15th of June, that, that organisation in charge of um, sort of looking at the pledges and sort of seeing how we're going, they revealed that we're not even close. Um, you know, they found that, you know, looking at the current pledges, if the world's headed right now towards a temperature increase of 3.5 degrees <laughs> after tw- yeah, 2200, or what is that called? Twenty two hundred. Yeah, twenty two hundred. I think. Um, 
But, you know, it's, it also isn't really shocking to discover that Australia was made mention in this report. You know, such a lack of climate change ambition from Australia is disastrous for Paris. Um, but they, they would argue that if, if everybody else isn't doing it, why should we? It's going to have impact on us as, a, as an economy. And, yeah, but everyone yeah. else is doing it. Well, I, I, I guess. I mean, you even look at what Obama's been doing in the last few weeks, and he's certainly put a lot of pressure on. I almost am quite sceptical with Obama as well, because I'm like, well, you've had the entire yeah. last eight years. Mm. Why now is that all of it? It's sort of like the same as the editor for The Guardian. Yes, like, it he is. He just did it at the, right at the end, just as he was leaving. And I just think, just started from the beginning. But, um, you know, we certainly do have a lot to be angry and frustrated about. But, um, you know, at the same time, this is for, for us to start to encourage everyone to start putting pressures yeah, on the rain government. But, but it's a really good point, Charlie, because the, the point is, again, we've got a few months before, before Paris. If we start to look at what is going on behind the scenes prior to Paris and we start to exert a little pressure so that those pledges improve before we even start again, that, 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 that the playing field that we go on to becomes a different um, aspect altogether. Yeah, it does. Another study that I really just wanted to cover off on, and I won't go into too much details, but more or less, Alexi and colleagues in 2011 did another experiment. They divided the groups into three, rich, poor, and mixed. And there was yep. three, three poor and three rich. And that itself isn't, you know, they'd imagine cooperation was highest among the rich because they had more money and less on the poor. So we're not really particularly excited about that. But it, what was really interesting was to do with their other manipulation and it has to do with intermediate targets. And I think that that's crucial for Paris. And so what that they said was that they had to reach a, a final target at the end of round 10 of 120 euros. But they also had to reach an intermediate target of 60 euros by round five. And okay. If, yeah. And if they failed to do so, then there, there would be economic consequences. So no, that's a really good point there. Yeah. It shows you're on a road to somewhere. Precisely. Um, and... Basically, the key finding emerged that uh, the intermediate target increased corporations amongst both rich and poor players in the mixed group. And that, to me, says if we're looking at inequality and how we're going to manage that in uh, Paris, it, it has to be about intermediary yes. uh, targets. And that means you know annual targets yes. that everyone yep. can see, everyone's contributing to. And that should, in some way, um, even if it's a small way, start to overcome the problems with inequality. Okay, that's something that is positive. Uh, and instead of looking at it, you know, between all these different uh, events, which happen, as we discussed last time, very rarely, every six years or so, if we are looking at it on it every six months, 12 months, almost looking like it, I suppose, taking the business temperature you know, in your own business, keeping tabs on where you are on a financial level and on a work level, looking in the pipeline. It's the same sort of thing, but we... It's going to need orchestration, Charlie. It, it's going to need some sort of policing. It's going to need someone to effectively be a leader on this because some, somehow there's got to be a decision maker. There has got to be a unified decision maker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will mention that there is intermediate targets that were set in Copenhagen and there are. it's already been decided that that's going to happen in Paris. So they're great, great things. We're already doing it. We've got that lesson and we're already sort of participating in that. But uh, you're right. Even with targets... If people aren't meeting those targets, even if they're short-term targets, if, if certain nations, whether they're rich or poor, um, are consistently not meeting them or seeming to put any effort into it, regardless of the intermediate targets, there's going to be issues. Mm. And, and that same psychology of, 
well, they're not doing it, so why the hell should I? Mm. We will prevail. Mm. And the only sort of solution that I can see from that is that there are, you know, financial consequences. But then that comes to the issue of, well, let's just say, for example, Australia decides, no, we're not going to do it. I mean, because there's every chance that that will happen if we've still got Abbott, the lunatic, in, in charge. And let's just say, for example, Australia said, yeah, no, we don't care about your targets and we're not going invol- to get involved at all. We could do that. And that would have massively, de- you know, devastating effects uh, to the climate from just Australia doing that. Well, who is there to say to us, that well, all of a sudden we're going to start taxing Australia more, and we're not going to start mm. buying. Mm. Will they actually do it? And then that comes to the argument of of capitalisation, mm. um, and and how that role plays in with climate change, and mm. where is the the where are we going to draw a line in the sand between money? Oh, this is a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, I can see this. Um, I mean, it is it is a massive conversation to be had. I mean, I'm not saying now, but it is an important consideration. It really is, and and it you know we're living in a global world. We're very you know globalization is the term that is used all the time, and yet we still see no sort of global decisions made where it, it you know that they're actually decisions that we respect. Well, I mean, the closest thing we have to is the UN, right? And and as potentially the pitfalls that the UN has it's probably the best or the closest thing that we have to, mm. to any sort mm. of body that could implement certain sanctions but we've we're at this really interesting political stage in our history where it used to be I mean you just look at the, the crisis in Europe at the moment um, economically and in theory Germany owns Greece in theory let's just say like they're bailing them out mm. and Back, you know, even I think a few hundred years ago, I think it would be safe to say that Germany would have just taken Greece and it would have been Greece. It would have been Germany now, not Greece. But we don't do that now. We're at this sort of point where the, there is this, this different cl- a political climate where you can't just invade people no. anymore. And <laughs> and then that being said, well then, mm. what? How serious are we, we going to be? Like, if Australia pulls out, are they going to nuke us? Mm. No. Mm. Well, we so, haven't worked out who they is yet. So, well, let's say the collective body of the world, yes. right? So, if if Australia doesn't do it, well, they're not going to invade us. I would say, I, I can't see that happening, and I can't see them like threatening to bomb us, which they might have done. You know, mm. that happened World War Two and that sort of stuff. So, the only real way that they can punish us for not it's doing it economic. economically, yep, and that is, I feel, one of the most pivotal things that yes. we are not discussing enough. Awesome. Can we uh, leave it hanging? I think so. Let's leave the economic uh, sanctions debate for another day. Um, we will have another episode of Disrupting Disaster, uh, same time next week, um, where the debate continues, the conversation continues. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you as well. If you have a say, please uh, do get in touch via the usual way. Um, we have the website. We have all the social media. And um, we'd love this momentum to build. Charlie, thank you. Thanks a lot. And we'll be back next week. You've been listening to Disrupting Disaster, proudly brought to you by Lush Digital Media. This is your journey too. Let's continue this conversation together. Until next week.